Welcome to the Gridiron Show. This week, my, is it Mike or Michael? I actually don't know whether I'm calling it what I'm calling Because it. it feels, I see now that we are colleagues rather than me just occasionally popping up on your show and vice versa. Michael McQuaid feels very, uh, very formal, to be honest. Mike, how are you doing, buddy? Yeah, I'm, I'm doing good. Look, it can be Mick, it can be Michael, just whatever is easy, because I know my accent's already a, a challenge for people. So Mick, Michael, all good. Doing good. Well, can you believe we are under four weeks to this whole thing gets going because it's just flying in one. Yeah, I honestly came into the weekend and if people may have seen on social, so we've done a bit, we've done a deal with the 49ers and have some bits in place, possibly with some of the other international marketing teams here in the UK. And I know Gridiron are doing some stuff as well. For Talk Sport, we ended up broadcasting the Packers 49ers game at very short notice. So I, I not normally, I am... As people who have listened to this show in previous years will know, I am a pre-season naysayer. I totally understand the importance of it. And I totally understand why it's key to teams. And, you know, for the back end of the roster, it's so important. And for guys trying to, you know, land in the league and you get so many great stories and you get to watch the rookies for the first time and everything else. But I've never really been someone who directly engages with it. I'll watch the, you know, highlights at best on Twitter I'll never sit and watch necessarily a whole game. But actually, the other night, so Friday night when the 49ers Packers game was going on, we also had at the same time Deshaun Watson taking his first snaps under center and looking like absolute trash with the Browns. We then had Zach Wilson with what we believed at the time was a torn ACL and then turns up he's a meniscus tear and he might actually be back for, if not week one, certainly quite early in the season. And so it, this kind of live show that I was a little bit apprehensive about doing because you know, there's once you get into the third quarter and most of the starters are out, there's only so much you can talk about. We ended up having an absolute flyer and it felt like the season was already here. And now I'm almost a little sad that we've got to wait another like three and a half weeks. It is great um, on radio and on TV and in, in the UK market world to see. I think it's the first time ever that these games are on, you know, like not, not the first time ever, but there's, there's been a lot more games on. I watched the the Raiders against the Vikings last night. And I guess if we jump to that thing you said there about Zach Wilson, there was a point on Friday night where I think we were all texting at like two in the morning. It genuinely seemed as if he could be gone for the season. Jimmy Garoppolo was a number one trend in the world on Friday night on Twitter. <laughs> I, I still stand by, like, I, we are still waiting for the Deshaun Watson uh, final decision to come down and what he played three series, one for five for seven yards. Uh, it's not the numbers you're hoping for from your, what you believe is a future Hall of Famer. Um, the Zach Wilson thing, though, the Jets are one of those teams who are one of the international marketing teams. And so a team we've talked about doing some stuff with, some social bits and everything else. And I just, as much as Zach Wilson's such a big question mark for them, and as much as, you know, when he was out last year, actually the quarterback play didn't necessarily fall off a cliff. And there were maybe some question marks about whether they've made the right decision to take a quarterback or, well, that specific quarterback so high i don't know if i'm a complete and utter believer in mike white but he had some decent games but it did make me immediately like my heart sank for them i just thought what they're trying to build there what robert Salah's trying to do what like i have some belief that with the offensive line that they were starting to build and obviously that's another point of conversation with the jets with Dwayne brown now coming in to fill in at left tackle that with uh with um 
the second year guy, uh, big fella. Come on, Mike. <laughs> you put me on the spot here now. You, you put me on the, I'm going to have to edit this out now, man. Um, uh, uh, Mackay Becton. Mackay Becton. Becton. Well, Becton seeing the same uh, doctor as Wilson is. Oh, really? That's, that's the funny thing. He's out to LA today. Amazing. I'm just hoping we get this out in time before any news comes All out. All right, yeah. Let's let's snap on before, uh, before we're out of date. Um, yeah, it was... My heart sank for them, but it just reminded me of how close the season was, how instant everything was going to be, how th- these things can change in a heartbeat. And so we're going to do a fun couple of shows over the next two shows that we do on the Monday. And don't get me wrong, there's loads of other brilliant content that comes out in the week on top of this. But for our Monday show for the next couple of weeks, we're going to do a, a how, how we present it, a reason to be cheerful a point of optimism for the season, the joy of football. We are going to, for every team in the AFC this week and for the NFC next week, we're going to tell you why you should be excited about the new season. Now, you may disagree with us. We'd love to hear it. If you don't like the points that we're making, I actually had to reach out to after our conversation last week about the Tennessee Titans being the forgotten team. I reached out to a Titans fan to be like, look, we're doing this show what are the things that you are excited about for the season? So to make sure we were being properly representative, representative. But uh, yeah, I, I I didn't really think that I was as positive on as many of the teams I am positive on. Is that ridiculous? It's that time of the year as well, where I guess every team, there's that cause for belief until that first play or first series is made and something goes wrong. It's that time for optimism. It's good to be optimistic. And I know we're going to go a little bit into the gridiron annual, which is out now as well. And there's team by team previews there as well. So it's you having that to get hand the focus in, in every in team magazine well as well. form and ready to show off was sensational. Ready, ready to show off right here. <laughs> but like, like I, I, I actually went through, well, and I'm trying, it's, it's good that we can go through every team over the next two weeks because maybe sometimes fans do feel like, Oh, well, you haven't talked about this team. Or you've talked about this team too much, so it's good. I think I think I think we're going to start in a interesting division, though, all the same, because it's been one where there hasn't really been a minute over the off season. Are we starting with the AFC North? Are we doing it in the order that's on there? I just had to double check because you're absolutely right. And look, I I figure that we st- we we're going to work our way through each of the divisions. Do we go t- uh, based on position they finished last year? Do we go? or Do we just let's just pick out a hat around? I think let's just go for it, man. Go for it. Yeah. It's all good. All right. AFC North, let's start off with the third place team from last year. Still had a winning record, though. That's the main thing. The Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, I, I, the thing is, if I'm when I look at these reasons to be cheerful and the joy of football things, I do look at a team like the Steelers and think, do you really need me to tell you after you're on just your third long-term head coach of your entire existence who has never had a losing season and you finally moved on from your decrepit old quarterback, even if you don't necessarily have the answer in the building? Do you need me to tell you why to be cheerful? Like, do you actually need that out of me? There is so much to be excited about in this team. I guess the defensive side of the ball and the coach is the reason to be cheerful for me. Is that the is that too obvious? Is saying that you've got Cam Hayward and TJ Watt too obvious? It stems back to that whole thing last year when somebody asked, I can't remember exactly what the question was to Mike Tomlin, but he was like, would you ask somebody else that? And his record is, is phenomenal. But we're now in a situation where, like, he went, what, 9-7-1 and one with a team with Ben Roethlisberger under centre. And Roethlisberger, at the end of his career, like, even in his last game in Heinz Field, granted, that name's now gone, 
there was no he wasn't like incredible there was a lot of like peyton manning-esque end of like end of career like hand the ball off situation which works and it was great to see him go out on that high and he got his goodbye and he got into the playoffs of course that memorable week he had seen mitchell trubisky comes in this is a guy was in chicago it didn't work out i mean a quarterback not working out in chicago i mean that's uh Something we hear a good bit there, Will, to be honest with you. Um, he's really buzzing to come into Pittsburgh. He feels that he's really developed as a quarterback. And there's a lot of talk about bringing in Kenny Pickett. And there's a lot of talk. Maybe it's blogs online, Will, but maybe the Steelers will look at bringing Kenny Pickett in as a starter next season. A little bit like a Trey Lance situation in San Francisco. But this is the year, I think, I think for me, being, optimism or being optimistic for the Steelers, Mitchell Trubisky could go in and really play well for this team, and it's maybe he goes in and he and he does play well and he gels with that offense, and it could be a situation where it's his job to lose almost. Uh, but we'll see if they can go nine seven and one with Big Ben. There's no reason why they can't match that at least in the division they're in now. But at the same time, the Ravens are going to the Ravens haven't got as many injuries. The Bengals are there. You have to look at that, that that Brown situation and try and get two wins as well. I'm trying to see see see. This is the problem. I think it's a great idea, but we have to stay optimistic. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, positive thoughts only. We're doing positivity, Mike. Let's be positive. And I'll tell you what I'm positive about after watching the highlights from their first preseason game. And he happens to be the man who was picked as the breakout player for the Pittsburgh Steelers in the annual this year. And that is George Pickens. This is a team who have just consistently landed wide receiver in draft time and time and time in. They don't need to sign guys to big second contracts, big third contracts. There's no requirement because they somehow find the diamond in the rough every single time. And with this one, George Pickens slipping down draft boards due to off the field concerns. And this is where that brilliant coach comes in. It looks like Tomlin's whipped him into shape. He turns up for the first preseason game, three passes, 43 yards, including a sensational 26 yard touchdown grab. I am all in on this guy. If you haven't rookie drafted in your dynasty leagues yet, you can take him in the first round and take it to the bank. Okay, the guys throwing to him might not be the most exciting, but I, I love this guy and yeah, reason to be cheerful, George Pickens. There we go. I've landed on one. Let's I'm loving, go. I'm loving the positivity. Let, <laughs> let's go to Cincinnati, yeah? Now, Cincinnati were a fantastic team last year. Joe Burrow, obviously, really, really good last year to the sense, took the team to the Super Bowl, played really, really well last season to come back from that injury, never mind the people around them. They have really improved their offensive line, but they need to find a way to maybe allow Burrow to have more time in the in the in the sockets to play develop as a quarterback if they want to return to the Super Bowl like I guess in their mind they want to get back there they want to win it of course they do is it probably as realistic because the AFC stacked it's not but they brought in Alex Kappa from Tampa Bay I think that's a massive positive for them he's strong he once tried well to play through a broken leg and he was also able to play for a broken arm before. So if he can go from maybe a starting caliber right guard in the league to one that stands out as one of the best in the league, mine with uh, Jonah Williams as well, the Bengals have a lot to be positive of because if they can get to the Super Bowl with quite maybe poor or average offensive line play last year, well, you know, Bob's your uncle this year. Surely this is it now if they improve the line. It is very difficult when it's a team that have gone to the Super Bowl and many consider to have got... Not weaker, but maybe they got to the Super Bowl off a, we talked about this last week, off a run that, you know, had some elements of fortune to it. 
trying to be nice about it. Uh, as a team, we, I was remembering this while, while building up to the 49ers-Packers game, remembering just how lucky the 49ers got against the Packers in the playoffs last year. Special teams, not a strong suit there. Um, but their first preseason game, not a pretty one, didn't play a lot of the starters, but... It's a really ridiculous thing to pick as my reason to be cheerful, but I'm just going to say it. Evan McPherson drilling a 58-yard field goal in the first preseason game and the crowd reacting like he'd just done the same back in Los Angeles six six or seven months ago. Uh, He is clearly an absolute superstar in Cincinnati. You've still got a great roster from last year. You've still got Von Bell. You've still got so many of those pieces on that defense that work so well. I am all in on the Bengals still being a good playoff team. And, you know, uh, once you're in the dance, anything can happen, just like it did this year. See you in Arizona then next year. We were both in LA. <laughs> all did right, you, let's I, get I, let's I did not see this well until afterwards. Did you notice at the time, do you remember Adam McPherson was sitting? I didn't notice that until about a day afterwards. Apparently, it was viral at this point. I hadn't even seen it because was just flat out doing everything else but like him well that's because you were being sensible while the other half of your irish cohorts were uh enjoying themselves let's put it that way it was good fun it was good fun um (laughs) talking about good fun we have to now talk about the browns now the browns again positivity the, the the joy of the nfl um for me I'm going to say Amari Cooper is their optimism, their their thing to cling to this year. If they do have Jacoby Brissett, and again, this is recorded on a Monday afternoon, and we're hoping that nothing comes out in the next few hours. Uh, if he has Jacoby Brissett, you're hoping the speed, the way he's really impressed in camp, uh, and he's worked well with, with Brissett so far. So that could be the guy that maybe does help them a bit. They're obviously going to struggle there because it looks like Deshaun could be out for at least minimum half the season. But he, he's a guy to cling to. A uh, bit of a fallout. In, in Dallas with Jerry Jones, but positivity, it's a good place for him to be. He's a good player, and the Cowboys are weaker without him. And if you are still a Cleveland Browns fan at this point after what's happened in this offseason, your reason to be cheerful is that eventually you get to watch Deshaun Watson quarterback your team. Like, that's as, you know, if you've decided to stick with them and you believe that that's fine then that is a reason to be excited. If you were just presenting me the pure football player and going, he's going to play for your team, I'd be very excited. Just don't expect it to happen anytime soon and don't expect us to not keep pointing out that it's uh, a terrible thing because he's a terrible... Uh, anyway, let's uh, let's talk about... I- I'll tell you what. Here's why the Baltimore Ravens should be positive because they're going to win the NFC. <laughs> no, no, they're not. Here's why the Baltimore Ravens should be positive because they're going to win the AFC North this year. Marking it down on the card now. And if it wasn't for the Bills, I'm so ready to... I'm so close to picking them as my Super Bowl team this year. So close. Is it bad that I picked 49ers uh, Bills as my Super Bowl team on my first prediction? Is this your pick for the year? Because I haven't given mine out yet. I like that. I I like that. The first time I gave it out and I half panics and just went with that uh it's after i'd been effusive uh, with trey lance praise for about four minutes and then someone went who's your super bowl pick this year and i was like uh the 49ers bills i don't know anyway you have Ravens. to stick to it now have to stick to it now even all of these weeks in if something goes wrong you change it lots of times in lots of different places and then at the end of the year you go <laughs> said the bills were going to the super bowl said it on that podcast 
self reminder folks i'm going to clip this up now and have it ready to go in february <laughs> no here um i only seen this week lamar has came out now obviously i mean this this is positive lamar is a family man i think he's got his mum representing him that's great he, he loves the game he wants to get paid he probably you know he's going to get paid most like heavily likely in baltimore he's come out this week and said he wants this done by week one i think that's optimistic but i do think as well a massive thing of optimism for this team is is coach harbour getting his extension this is like you know baltimore have always been a team especially in recent years they had that blip last year of injuries but it's became like that's like the side of like playoff contest playoff games he's the third most tenured or the guy in the league as a coach to stay there the longest in his job at the minute and he's a guy that brings consistency to this team like look at some of their draft picks it's it's just unreal lads like i mean the guy is um kyle hamilton coming in as well i i have to agree with you well i think they're going to win the division but i really like this division because if pittsburgh does go hot the Bengals were in the Super Bowl. I mean, they were they were four minutes from winning it last year, technically, in, in one sense. So it can get very, very good. And it's just, you know, that's that's optimism, that's positivity. So the, the if I'm rookie, a fan of any of these teams, I mean, especially the Ravens, the Bengals, and the Steelers, I can see massive optimism. So it's 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 gonna be a great year, man. The rookies look fantastic in their preseason game as well. Um they uh Jordan Stout, the punter looks absolutely unreal as a, a rookie guy coming in. Uh, they've got rid of one of the best, one of the most overrated wide receivers in the NFL in Marquise Brown and managed to get really good draft picks for him. And I thought both Kyle Hamilton and Travis Jones in these snaps that I've watched look really good as well. Loads of reasons to be positive for this team. Almost too many reasons. I almost feel like I need to move on because uh, it's, it's upsetting me. If, if anything happens, Lamar Jackson, Tyler Huntley's grand. Do you know what I mean? Like I actually enjoyed watching them the other night. So it's it's all good in in Baltimore. We're gonna go AFC East next. Do you want to pick a team first? I mean, the Patriots are there, but is there a team that picks your fancy? Or? No, we can do the we can do the New England Patriots. Uh, and look, there are I've, positivity, positivity, positivity. There are a lot of reasons to be concerned about the Patriots going into this year because. There's so much conversation around the decisions they're making around coordinator, who's actually going to be running the offense. Why have they suddenly started bringing in some zone stuff, even though they've never been a zone team for almost the entire time that Bill Belichick's run that side? Is it throwing off Mac Jones? Like the fact is, is that they have a better roster than they did 12 months ago with a rookie quarterback who has more snaps under his belt and the best head coach of all time. There's enough reason to be cheerful, even if the division's got harder, and even if there's all this weirdness going on with the offense, you just trust them to figure it out, don't you? You just, you know they will. That's the thing as well. Because it's Bill Belichick there, you just know that, that they'll find a way, and some coach that you've never heard of will come in this year and just be incredible and go off and be a head coach next year. It's just, it's one of those things with, with New England. I, I'm really intrigued to see the jump from year one to year two for Mac Jones. I think one guy that's really going to help him is Devante Parker coming in from Miami. In 2019, he led the NFL with 57 contested catches. He can be inconsistent at times, but there's there's already rumors from camp that he's doing very, very well. Could be going WR1 there. Jones needs consistency and he needs targets in the red zone. Devante Parker can be one for him. I think 
you're right in what you're saying at the start about concerns. You know, if this is maybe the year, and we'll talk about Miami in a minute, but this is maybe the year for different teams to make a step up because the bills are just so good. But I, w- I will be intrigued to see if there is a jump from Mac Jones, how much of a jump is there and what is his ceiling? Because it's grand that they can, you know, it's great that they can build around him. But, you know, this is Bill Belichick, it's New England Patriots. It has to work in a way that they have to try and build another, uh, another dynasty before he goes into the sunset again. And yeah, it feels like, all it, it feels like if they don't again. win three more Super Bowls with Mac Jones, it'll be considered a, a failure, like oh, ridiculous. But yeah, I, you know what? Get over yourselves, Patriots fans. It's going to be fine. You'll figure it out. Don't worry about it. Uh, you got 10 wins last year with probably the worst Patriots team of my lifetime. Uh, and you've got faster on defense, which is the most important thing because you were slow during those playoffs last year. And Bill's good. Yo, uh, uh, ugly, really ugly. Let's talk about the Bills, who uh, their reason to be cheerful is they're going to the Super Bowl this year, based on my pick. So there we go, sorted. <laughs> I literally, I think it was the, the the production notes. I think I literally wrote Buffalo Bills, reason to be cheerful, everything. LOL, like <laughs> it's decided. Um, I, I'm biased probably as a Broncos fan, but I, I I like bringing in Von Miller. And you can see now, before I even talk about Miller, Von Miller is already trying to get Odell Beckham in. They're trying to get a whole super team going. And if they can bring in someone like Odell Beckham there, that that takes them way over the edge. And I, yeah, you know, if they don't win the Super Bowl in the next 18 to 24 months, like it is probably classed as a failure because they need to go and win it. And I guess for them, it's about beefing up that defense. You know, they had 42 sacks last season. It was one short of being in the top 10 in the league. But if you're going to go to Kansas City and play Patrick Mahomes in that Chiefs offense, and they've got like Sky Moore and Juju now, they're going to be putting up points. So to bring in a guy like Von Miller, it's going to take them, hopefully what they hope is, to the next level. And I can't wait to see the Bills. That's a hell of a game. Will, this this in what, three or four weeks' time? Von Miller returns to Denver this weekend as well uh, as a Buffalo Bill. So it should be interesting. <laughs> I, I, he, he he, I can't Maybe. imagine anyone getting a warmer reception. <laughs> We're talking about a guy who was your Super Bowl MVP in the most recent Super Bowl that you won. Like, it, it, you're gonna be fine, Broncos fans. Uh, yeah, look. I don't, there's not much else to say about this team. It's stacked at every position. You just gotta go out and prove it now. And hey, look, here's another reason to be cheerful. You'll get the ball back in uh, overtime if that's the situation in in the postseason. So you're fine. I mean, here's a reason not to be cheerful: the Highmark Blue Cross Blue Shield Stadium. What is this nonsense? Why are we dealing with this with the like you mentioned it earlier with the Steelers as well? Like, stop giving out your naming rights to to people. Well, it's going to be Orchard Park. That's all I'm ever calling it. And they're not, they're, they're not moving the team. Like, I see all this talk. Oh, we'll we'll we'll, uh, we'll move the team here. I mean, where are they going to move it? Like, they're not going to move the team. Like, uh, just very quickly. Pretty, pretty good stadium, about seven miles north of here, mate. <laughs> You got AJ, AJ, AJ Espinanza, I can't pronounce Espinanza's name, Ed Oliver. <laughs> the defense is completely stacked. If they don't get minimum AFC championship fourth quarter leading with two or three minutes to go, that's a serious, serious failure for this team this year. I think they will. I think they'll 
I think the Bills will get to the Super Bowl. There, you've got me. You've got half my pick. Yeah, there we go. There, there go. we go. <laughs> uh, let's think of the AFC East. Uh, talk about the Miami Dolphins. Who uh, there's a weird like amount of negativity around this team right in this second because there's a lot of talk about everything happened with Stephen Ross and will they go back for Peyton and will they even go back for Brady when they're allowed to next year and all those other bits and there's obviously some you know there's obviously some huge question marks but I am again a little bit biased as a 49ers fan if he can translate his play design and play calling into head coach and running an offense and running a whole team I think Mike McDonald's is a genuine genius I just think we need to see if he's a lot of times clever football guys don't thrive in that job everything you see about him he just carries himself in the right way he's just got it's like he's like teflon he just doesn't get bothered by anyone who takes the piss out of him and have a go at him and yeah i i'm i love him to pieces and i i think that they will be an improved team this year i think nine and eight was probably a little bit kind on them last year even though i think flores coached them to that and i hate the, the how the flores situation ended up but I think that if they're going to grow and develop, they've got the right guy at the helm. I have to say, I love, I love that. So that that could be the YouTube title, Teflon. I love it. And um, I think as well, there's there's two elements here. First off, the whole positivity factor that he's bringing around the team, which which you've said, he's he's come in, he's almost like one of the players, like one of the guys. He's going around wearing Yeezys, chilled out. But at the same time, they have the respect for him. They like to hear what some of the players are saying, but they really, really respect him. But also he can see that he can see about bridging that gap between that real maybe lack of confidence that two has had and he knows and he's talked to two about times when he struggled as a coach he literally sat i think he sat one day he he, he got into like a tank or a bath and he sat nearly in tears thinking he let his team down and he's tried to say look i've been there i know how to get out of it and this is it if he can get to it into like that elite mindset where there's no confidence issues and you got Tyreek Hill there as well. I mean, this is where the this is where I think yeah. I said at the start, uh, the AFC East is gonna be is gonna be spicy, but I think you got the Bills top, Dolphins second. But while we, Cardinal sure. mentioned like Tyreek Hill coming in, Jalen Waddle, who I think in a Mike McDaniel system is going to be sensational, particularly when he's got Tyreek Hill opening up options by taking up a lot of double teams, a lot of the deep stuff, opening up the middle of the field. Mike McDaniel retained the defensive staff as well, which... As, it's, as we said in the magazine, pretty rare for a young head coach coming in, but they were pretty successful last year. Eighth in EPA per play in 2021, despite a crap start to the season. Like they managed that over the course of the year. I'm surprisingly high on the Dolphins. This has come as a bit of a shock to me. I didn't really realize how excited I was about the Dolphins this year. But I think they're one of the most intriguing teams in the NFL this year. And I'm I'm big on them being good this year. I you know, it's the AFC as we're gonna hear as we get into the West is a tough old conference to do anything in, but I see them as a playoff team this year. Yeah, and I'm with you. Me... I think I think they should be looking to finish second behind the Bills. Yeah, I think wild card or just just missing. But yeah, I, I completely agree with what you're saying. Positive times on Miami. We did talk about the Jets, but I wanted to even jump on this, Will, and say about Mike LaFleur, obviously Coach LaFleur and the Packers brother. He's been given the offensive, um, the, the, the OC position in New York. 
and he's literally started a blank slate. And I feel for him that that's why I sort of felt for the Jets the overnight whenever Zach Wilson went down because he had to be on the field. He had to be. You know, he needs reps. We've seen in London last year. He's very raw and he needs to be given that time. People are arguing, well, why didn't he run out of bounds? It was a freak injury. You know, there's nothing he could do about it. But, you know, they've brought in guys like Elijah Moore and it's it's difficult for them. However, having that young talent there, a young coaching staff, you know, you, obviously Robert Sala there and with Mike LaFleur as well, if it just if it just takes more time, I would be concerned. And I know it's a positivity podcast that maybe he might not get that in that market but they need to be given more time. They're not going to win the AFC East, okay? But they can still improve very well as a team. Could they maybe go to Foxborough and win? Yeah, I, I think they could. <laughs> I, I, I'm, all, I'm here for it. Look, it's, it is, you look at the road they're going to have to hoe, and it is tough. Like, Baltimore, I mean, Cleveland, we don't know what they're going to be, but they're basically playing the whole of the AFC North in the first four weeks of the season. Like, we already have talked about what a tough division that is. They've got tough teams within division. Buffalo and then New England are always going to be tough. They've got to go to Green Bay. They've got to go to Denver. You know, it gets a little easier second half of the season with Chicago, Detroit, Jacksonville, Seattle all in there. But the fact is, I think that if they have a six, seven win season off the back of being just four wins last year, that feels like a good step forward. They've got in theory, if, uh, problems with Mackay Beckton, but they have a much improved offensive line in, in general across the board. I think Brees Hall, they're going to run the ball a ton and LaFleur runs a heavy run system and Brees Hall could be an absolute breakout star. And then they improved massively on the defense by picking up good young players in key positions. Like Source Garden is a potential game changer and it's interesting that they went and went big on the back end where Robert Sala was known for his time in San Francisco as being a get the pressure on the front end they'll figure themselves out you know we'll just have a bunch of off the street Joes at the back end one decent player and then three bang average guys but actually like they're building a little bit more back to front maybe Carl Lawson coming back off the injury last year. He was brilliant in his last season in Cincinnati. Now he's healthy, coming back into the team. Positivity podcast. Jets to get at least six wins this year. And that is a success, I think. Mike LaFleur, the one thing I'll say now is, he said, for Zach Wilson, for this young offense, training camp is vital. And now Zach, hopefully Zach's okay. Positively, it's all good. Yeah, yeah that's, that's the, the biggest point, is that right now it looks like he might be okay. It's sheer irony that this is the most stacked division in football, the AFC West. And I'm going to say to you, well, will we bang I'm, 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 call, I'm calling an audible. I'm calling an audible. We're doing the South first. Oh, okay. Because I refuse to finish on the AFC South. <laughs> I, I think that, you know, when you do these podcast things, you want people to be listening for longer and you want them to be engaging in the whole thing. And I think if we give them the AFC South last, they're going to turn off half an hour into the podcast when we've got through all the other divisions. Well, it was back. It was back to last week and the whole Titan situation with you, with with you and Ollie and, and the whole discussion. Do, do you want to start with Indianapolis first? Uh, Indianapolis, very simple, uh, and I know it's what you've got down, and I'm going to completely steal it from you, Matt Ryan, because not only did they manage to somehow get out of a terrible contract, a loss of picks, and managed to get a former MVP level quarterback 
who might not be at the height of his powers anymore, but he is a professional who knows how to do it. The noise from in the building has been absolutely sensational. Managed to get his cap hit lower and do it while getting picks back as well. It is the luckiest slash most genius pit of team building from Chris Ballard. He's totally got away with this. And actually, I think that as long as they can get the performance out of the port, like drag the performance out of the defense, I think they've got a really interesting front four with DeForest Buckner there. And they've clearly got superstars at every level. I think if they can get out, like you know, Xavier Rhodes, uh, Shaquille Leonard, like these there is quality at every level of that defense. They've got Jonathan Taylor. They've got Matt Ryan. They've got some decent pass catchers. This should be a team who are setting out to win this division. And not only that, but I have a uh, a good friend of mine who was not enjoying what they were doing in the uh, in the off season prior to Matt Ryan coming in, and still thinks that they didn't do enough to be aggressive enough considering the cap space they had. Uh, we have an agreement that. I've backed the Colts to go to the playoffs. He said they won't make the playoffs. Whoever loses has to buy a full brisket, and then we're going to smoke it for a playoff game uh, on my big green egg for for the postseason. I think I'm not paying for that brisket because I think they're going to win the AFC South. Might have to join you for that. Sounds really good. Oh, you're Um, more than welcome. 100%. (laughs) It's funny. I... um spoke to Chris Ballard last week, right? And he oh, did say... I spoke I, to Chris Ballard last I know, week. I know. So, <laughs> did we just pick up that For name? anyone listening in the UK especially, he very <laughs> sort of briefly mentioned that they're eager to play in London. I don't know if that's going to be next year or whatever, but yeah, could be interesting. We'll see what happens. They haven't played in London in six years. But for people listening around the world, back to the NFL chat in the sense of in in the season mode... I'm going to literally copy what you said, mate. I've, that, that was literally my notes. Matt Ryan, if you fought last year when you had a quarterback sitting there and each play, especially towards the end of the season, you thought to yourself, is he going to throw a pick here? Is he going to fumble? <laughs> They've got Jonathan and that, that's great. Like I, I was sitting watching the Patriots game. I think it was on Saturday night before Christmas last year. And that run game is, it, it was elite last year. Like he's probably got, like he could hit over 2000 this year, but They've now got a quarterback in terms of Matt Ryan. It's going to be more shared out. I think I think Philip Lindsay as well is like the third string running back there. They've got the talent if they can manage Matt Ryan effectively and protect them and run the ball to the point where Taylor gets enough reps. They're going to win the division. I can't like I would never have said that last year, but the Colts, but it shows you will. One man can come into that team, especially obviously the most important position at that age and just turn them around. I think NFL fans in general would love to see Matt Ryan do well. Because I think after a few years in, in, in Atlanta, he, he definitely deserves to have maybe one more run. And hopefully if he did get to the big dance, not blow a... How many point lead was that again? Uh, yeah, <laughs> let's not talk about it. 25. Um, look, I, I will... What I will coach it by saying, and I know this is the Positivity Podcast, or one of two... Matt Eberflus leaving, Gus Bradley coming in, there may be a square peg round hole situation there. But I think they've got the pass rush and linebackers to make it work. And the pass catchers aren't great on paper, but with a much better quarterback, a good run game, they need a left tackle maybe. There are, quest- there are the question marks, but in a weak division, I think they should have absolute designs on winning it. The other team who will very much feel that way are the Tennessee Titans. So I will refer to my notes from uh, my one Titans fan that I uh, know well, and I will tell you that he said, 
one thing oof which suggests there's more than one thing or maybe not one thing i can't tell which he said a fully fit derrick henry which he never was last year with unfinished business I think some people are just sleeping on us again. We currently have the third longest non-losing streak in the NFL, of course, because over time and all that. Um, and he said that he's excited to see Traylon Burks. Things look really positive from camp. And they do. The noises around Traylon Burks are really exciting. I just... No, we're being positive. We're being positive. <laughs> I actually love this. This is great fun, man. Um, this is the thing. We talked a minute ago about Miami and where they might be in terms of the wild card if they do finish second. Out of the Colts and the Titans as well, if, say, obviously, it's very likely one of them finishes second, that wild card spot will, I think, for the first time ever in that AFC is going to be huge, like the, the, the two wild card spots. The situation with Tennessee, it's changed a wee bit since that show last week. Malik Willis, albeit it was preseason, <laughs> He looked class. He like his short yardage ability to run. I well, look. I think didn't Mike Vrabel take him out of the game because he was running too much and he was doing like almost Tim Tim Tebow esque. I'll just I'll just run here. I hope that it all works. But uh, really, really enjoyed watching him um, at the weekend. You're right. The Tennessee Titans are underrated. They're always underlooked. You know, they were underlocked last season, even halfway during the year. Nobody really gave them that chance of going and being the number one seed. And, and look what they've done in the end up. I think it's it's good for everyone to be positive. I think the whole situation with Ryan Tannehill, I would like to hope, uh, even as a neutral, that that has sort of resolved itself in terms of helping out people, quarterbacks, etc. Uh, it's it's a big year for him, and I think he'll I think he'll prove it in the field. Let's uh, do Tennessee. No, we just did Tennessee. Let's do Texans. Houston. Let's do the Houston Texans. Um, I've literally got them open in front of me here, and I somehow managed to get the name wrong. Uh, I will give you the first reason to be positive for the Houston Texans is they have one of the easiest schedules in the NFL. From a winnable games perspective, and I loved the coaching last year, and I think they were near miracle workers to get to four wins with everything going on around that team, is that you've managed to cut out the cancer that was causing your team so much harm. You've brought in three first-round picks. You are clearly still rebuilding. In Lovey Smith, you have an experienced coach who knows how to operate, and you have an easy schedule comparatively. Am I getting a lot of positives on the field? Maybe not, but I think there is an acceptance in that city that it's a rebuild. So let's focus on why you are set up to rebuild. I like Lovey Smith. He's probably not the guy to be there for 20 years, but I think in the situation that they're in now, he's perfect for this team. He is, he is well, I think he, if, I'm not sure what the date of the Super Bowl was last year, but he was, appointed very close to you know so he's been there for a long time now he's been there for a good few months maybe more so than some other teams have brought in head coaches and he's put a lot into his job like it both off and not like on and off the field one thing that i was really surprised about well well not really surprised about but you know a lot of people aren't talking that much about davis davis mills maybe more like other quarterbacks in this league and for him to come out and talk about lovey smith and says that you know, he feels as if as if Lovey Smith believes in him more so than any other player he's ever been with. His leadership skills, I think that says a lot. And you're right; like the Texans are in a situation where 
it's not like there's no pressure, but they have that opportunity to maybe go now and take time and try and build their way up. And if Davis Mills is the answer for them, or if they can, he can get them to that point where they become a challenger in that division, well, then that's that, that's a pro for them this year. For me, if they get over 4.5 or 5.5 games, they've done very, very well this year. Uh, but Lobby Smith needs to be given a couple, maybe two or three seasons minimum to try and turn that around because he can do it. I, I, I think he can. Jacksonville is easy, right? The, the, well, the very the very simple answer is, <laughs> you know, I just referred to the Texans cutting out uh, a, t- a near terminal illness from their organization. Uh, you no longer have Urban Meyer in the building. That's positive enough. You're going to get year two of Trevor Lawrence without all of the nonsense, without all of the you know, off-field nonsense, on-field nonsense, everything else involved. Am I necessarily sitting here thinking Doug Peterson is my long-term pick to rebuild a franchise? Maybe not, but he is the you know, safest pair of hands you could have got this year. And, I mean, you're talking about a three-win team last year. They, I can't see a world where this is a three-win three, year, three win team this year just based on quarterback play alone. Mac Jones was the best quarterback in the draft class last year. I think... He will be the third, maybe fourth best quarterback in this in that draft class by the end of this season. Because Trevor Lawrence, Trey Lance, and possibly Justin Fields are all going to leapfrog him. Justin Fields only won't because of what's around him, but I think he's a better player. I really like that stat. I like that. Uh, you're, you're spot on with the whole situation in terms of the coaches. I mean, I still can't believe that happened last year. Um like that was that was mad. I'm not sure how long he lasted after that win in London. That, 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 that it was definitely good fun. But I'm really curious, Will, to see um how Doug Peterson's gonna maybe implement uh tailor the offense to Trevor Lawrence. You know, he's had a full year of maybe pro experience under his belt, but you need to try and take the elite traits that he had uh, in college and, and build it into that offense. And it's important that he stays confident in, in his ability to make any flow, but I, I do think last year may have maybe it might not have harmed him but i think it will have affected his play and i think he might have lost a bit of confidence but if there's anyone to come in a guy that's won a super bowl with the eagles a guy that's really 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 experienced in this league doug peterson can take trevor lawrence to the next level and if i'm a jaguars fan outside of that there's so much good stuff going on with this team it's a good time to be a jaguars fan and i think the last time that happened was when they were one game from the super bowl with blake bortles yeah Trevor Lawrence is better than Blake Bortles is too easy of a reason to tell you that (laughs) (laughs) you should be excited this year. Oh, God. Right. I made us change it. I made us change it. Now we need to get into it. The AFC West, the best division in football. Is there anyone who is going to argue that with me? I know it's only me and you here, Mike, but I can't imagine that anyone else outside of that is going to say that this isn't the best division in football. It's it feels like a no brainer to me. Uh, we'll get into the NFC, but while I'm, I'm I have to be positive about the teams we're talking about here today. So while we're here, I will tell you that I think that the the NFC West will have two teams with a losing record in both Arizona and Seattle. The AFC West could have four teams with a winning record in theory. Now, I'm not saying they're all going to go to the playoffs, but four teams with a winning record for a division is pretty sensational. 
And those games that they have against each other are going to be so, so vital. And the ironic thing is, like Broncos, Chargers, Chiefs, Raiders, if they play like if, if they play each other well, any one of them could be Sunday Night Football because that's how stacked every one of the teams is. So it's mad. Uh, I, I said this at the start. I said this when the the schedule was coming out and when the preseason was on. Literally, if they are a divisional AFC West games, put them on prime time. I will stay up late and watch them. I don't care which of those four, what the combination is. Broncos Raiders is maybe the only one that I might go to bed and watch it in the morning. But even then, I probably will miss out on a great game by doing so. I'm about to convert you now. There's a couple. I'm gonna. Or I'll, I'll stay positive here. I'm obviously with the background of a Broncos fan. I have been through. Broncos fans have been through some hilarious years since Peyton Manning walked away. Like my God. Like I, like I know people are complaining now about Seattle and Geno Smith and Drew Locke. I mean, I've sat with you know Brock Osweiler and Trevor Simeon. They've got Russell Wilson. That's a positive. That's too easy of of a positive. Team's been sold. But Nathaniel Hackett, the head coach who was the OC in Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers, now with Russell Wilson, his positivity will than the whole the whole theme of positivity. His positivity in you know on both on and off the field, his clock management, seeing the overnight against the Cowboys in preseason, going for it on the fourth down from the one yard line. The man is mad, but I love it. Um the one thing that's a little bit interesting and something to see, well, the camp they're currently having is class as something like hyper competitive. So there's no one-on-ones at the moment. A lot of 11 on 11. And the argument is from the NFL and, and NFLPA, they've asked for like maybe not as much speed or as much intensity early in, the, in that training camp because they feel towards the end of the season, the players might get a bit tired. Time will tell. Um, look, the, the Broncos at one point couldn't have clock management, forgot about timeouts. So they're definitely going in the right direction, I think. I am going to look away from Russell Wilson entirely and talk about the defense. I think it's a outstanding safety tandem. Patrick Satan threatens to be a pro bowl level, if not all pro level corner. They added uh, Randy Gregory. And in a, in a division where there are a lot of people stacking up and loading up on their defenses, the Broncos defense looks good. There are question marks elsewhere, but this is a podcast of positivity about the joy of football. And Broncos fans are going to be so hyped to have Russell Wilson. And they're coming to London, so get hyped. Yeah, as you go on my Twitter the day you joined, I tweeted, oh my God, and I got 200 likes or something like it. It, it hasn't been the same since. I will say one thing. In the magazine, we have just blindly given them five out of five on quarterback. I think he might be a four out of five. We'll try and get Ollie on next week to see. We'll see, we'll, we'll, we'll see what he has to say about that. Um, just, just Chargers. God, I love this football team. This was my other... If they weren't the Chargers, if they weren't the Spurs of the NFL, uh, if they weren't the team that... I hate they have your mic muted because people think that you just don't think anything I say is funny, whereas I'm watching you giggling away. I have to for Ollie, but the Spurs of the uh, NFL, I love it, man. <laughs> Like they are like the Spurs of the NFL. Like that is how they've been. They have been Spursy. They've been Chargersy. It does happen. But they were the other team. I've picked the Bills for the Super Bowl. This is the other team that I love for an AFC Super Bowl run. I just think they are stacked absolutely everywhere. There are maybe some questions over the right hand side of their offensive line. 
but with such a great quarterback, with a running game, with great receivers and everything else, that can be dealt with. There will be other teams who have worse offensive lines than this and their quarterback play will get them out of it and they don't have a quarterback as good as Justin Herbert. Like, he is absolutely top-tier elite to me. I would even, I'd put him in a top three, top five in the league right now already. And then on the defensive side of the ball, well, they've got, you know, Derwin James, who is unreal. They brought in JC Jackson, who fits what they do so brilliantly. And, you know, we've got one of the best pass rushers in the in the NFL in uh, Joey Bosa. But, you know, he does get double teamed on every play, sometimes triple teamed. What should we do? I don't know. Let's bring in a Khalil Mack still basically in his prime to be on the other side of the line from him. Like, it might not be the Khalil Mack 100% all pro Khalil Mack, but all you need is about 60% of Khalil Mack in order for him to be effective opposite Joey Bosa. And I think you're probably getting somewhere between 80 and 90%. This team is stacked, 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 and I love it. And I will add to the positivity further by another point. Uh, Brandon Steely, never mind the fact that his whole mindset is mindset, emotions, effort, the human element of the game. Simple stuff, basic stuff, Will. The situation in Chicago at the minute with Raquan and the whole area, well, is he going to play? Are they going to find an agreement? You mentioned Derwin James there. He said, of course, we would like to have Derwin out there, but at the same time, I think it's important that we get the contract negotiation right because he can see not just the short-term element of this, but the long-term play. The Chargers are going to have to be you know, elite to the point for the next five to 10 years to get you know, go in with the Raiders, the Chiefs, and the Broncos in this division. I really like Steely, and I think you know he's talked about his disappointment last year, walking on that field in, in in Vegas. If there's one team that wants to improve this year and get to the next level, it it's the Chargers. Love it, love it. Uh, Two to I go. mean, <laughs> Kansas City. It like, do we need to really even tell them why they should be positive? You've been to, what is it, four straight AFC Championship games now? Two out of the last three Super Bowls. You won one of those. You've got the best quarterback in the NFL. Uh, You loaded up on more double-barreled surname players on your offense than I've ever seen. Uh, Like, honestly, the guy who puts the names on the back of jerseys going from Hill to Smith-Schuster and Valdez-Scantling, it's ridiculous. Uh, And... The reason I'm going to give you the actual reason that I think they should be positive is that consistently the problem with this Chiefs team has been that the offense should be there from day one. They have everything they need, but the defense seems to take a little while to figure things out. I think that they are now at a point where Spags knows what his lineup is. He hasn't made had any big losses this year. He's added to that team in a couple of positions. I, I don't know if Carl Aftis is going to uh, hit the ground from, from day one, but I think that defense, which was so terrible to start last season and really good after their bye, will be the defense after their bye from last year. I think it will be that team... From if not day one, then much earlier in the season. It's, you're talking about the, the names there. It's all. It's good that we're not like here. You used to have to pay like a pound for each letter and stuff on, on the back of the jersey. <laughs> yeah. So it could, uh... <laughs> like they, they might be. They might not be as exciting or as sexy on the defense. You know, they've not got Tyron Matthew. They've mm. not got these like multi players who do all sorts of crazy stuff. They haven't got their own Derwin James. But I just think they're going to be 
stronger across the board and more solid. And at the end of the day, if the Chiefs have the 15th best defense in the NFL, they should be winning 12 games a season because they've got that offense and they've got Patrick Mahomes. Why they've lost the guy that had uh, over 12,000 yards and nine touchdowns last year. They drafted the guy 54 for overall Sky Moore. Honestly, you're talking about your Super Bowl matchup. There, if Sky Moore gels with Patrick Mahomes, there's he's probably going to be top four, top five for me. Chance of getting Ooh. offensive rookie of the year. I think it like it's genuinely really, really. I thought you were going to say top four, to top five receivers in the NFL. I thought Ooh. you were going straight in. I was just like, <laughs> is that of getting if offensive Travis rookie Kelsey of the year? Like, that makes Absolutely. a bit more sense. <laughs> oh, I love that. Uh, yeah. I mean, why why so excited about Skymore? What's the, what's? Do you know? I never even. And this is this is the thing about having Ollie on the podcast, right? He was the guy that was. I think it was like the week of the draft. He was talking with Sky Moore, and I think Sai was on as well, talking about him, his speed, his raw talent, and the fact that he now knows he literally got the best choice for him sitting fifty four day two, and he goes to Kansas City. He's at, apparently at camp. He's attached to Patrick Mahomes like a pup. He keeps tapping Love him on the shoulder and asking him where, where does he go and stuff. He's impressed in camp. I've seen a couple of plays where he's so, so fast. Well, I just can't wait to see how he's going to play. And his raw talent is that if, if he can stay fit, he had a bit of an issue with his hip, but it's a positivity podcast and I'm going to keep going. <laughs> he should be fine. I Man, this, this, this division's stacked and we haven't even went to the Raiders yet. Like, seriously. And that's it. The Raiders, like, as much as the positivity is going to rain down... They must be looking around going like, this is probably the best Raiders team that's existed on paper in the last 20 years. And yet they're in this division where everyone else is really bloody good as well. Uh, no, positivity. We're not going to talk about how they'll probably finish fourth despite all of that. Um, the uh, the defence are bringing in Patrick Graham who runs super multiple, super exciting systems as coordinator. And they've added Chandler Jones to Max Crosby, Max Crosby, which gives them the flexibility and the quality up front. Yeah, all right, the back end might not be as exciting, but I just think that defense will take a step up. Add to that the fact that you've just gone and signed the best receiver in the NFL with a guy who happens to know him really well and already have chemistry with him and their best mates. And, you know, regardless of the offensive line potentially being a problem against Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack and every other pass rusher in this division, don't worry about it because Derek Carr should get the ball out super quick to Devontae Adams. You're going to be fine, boys. I have to say, you were saying a minute ago about the whole Raiders-Broncos thing. I, I'd, I'd be sitting up for that even if it wasn't the Broncos. I think you're talking about Devante Adams there. What, uh, nearly 1,600 receiving yards last year for Green Bay. Like, that is I, ridiculous. I think since 2018, he's led the league in every major category. Catches, targets, uh, touchdowns, yardage, the lot of it. The everything that he has led it in. And that's in a league where we keep talking about the depth at wide receiver and how every draft there's loads of great players coming out. And there are. Every year, there's three or four wide receivers who come out in the draft and we go, wow, that is almost a number one guaranteed receiver. Devontae Adams has still managed to raise himself above everyone else. Well, I have to say, Derek Carr, when he said, no one thinks anything of us, I think that's what makes it fun. I, I, I think... I think Derek's being hard on himself there. I think a lot of people are thinking of the Raiders right now, but I will say this will end this whole AFC West thing, in my opinion. 
I think this whole division, and it could even go as far as first to fourth. There's been years there where teams like the Broncos were out like come week 12 or whatever. I think this division goes to the last week. I'm nearly certain that there's at least one AFC matchup week 18. There, usually, there always is, but um, I think two teams will miss out. If Kansas City were to miss Ooh. out in that division, it would be it would be incredible. That'd be I'm, a reason to be positive for everyone understand. else. Just because I, I am an, an agent of chaos and a lover of change more than anything <laughs> else. I think it's growing up watching Manchester United dominate and the New England Patriots dominate and everyone who our former boss, Matt Sherry supports, essentially, you know, whether it was Schumacher in the F1, whether it was the Bills in basketball, whatever, like... I feel like I lived in an era of dynasties where there was just teams that dominated across the board and I'd love chaos and I love change. And honestly, as much as I enjoy the chiefs, if they miss out on the playoffs, the only way that happens outside of, you know, something horrible, like a quarterback injury, the only way that legitimately happens is if we see the rising up in the AFC that the level of talent it has, we expect, where the Chiefs get, get 10 wins and still miss out. And that, to me, means that it's been a blinding NFL season guaranteed, and so I'm all in. And we're going to have some fun on Mondays if, if it's like that. It's going to be mad. <laughs> Raiders, Chiefs. They might have to do Raiders, Chiefs, and Broncos, Chargers as a doubleheader on Sunday Night Football Week, week Just 18. give them 17 games for the whole season. Just let the AFC West play their own division and then we'll come <laughs> we'll back. the whole time. No, but never play a game out of division. Fine. A- um, NFC next week. I think we've done really well. You flew up in like 40 odd minutes, man, to be honest. With you. Been, we've been here nearly an hour. And <laughs> I, uh, Ollie's going to be angry at us for being too long, but I'm all right with it. Uh, and next week, for the old school gridiron fans, even the old TGS fans, not only are we going to do the NFC, but we're bringing back Ollie Hunter. I think. Lovely uh, lad, Ollie Hunter. He's, really? he's coming back. Depending yeah. on schedule, depending on schedule commitments. So if he, is, if he isn't back, it's my fault. But I will happily move the podcast publicly to a time that suits Ollie. No, I'm um, looking forward to it. I've really enjoyed the content with yourself and and Ollie Connolly. So I know I know Ollie will be in as well. And it's it's been a really good few weeks, Will. Trust me, if Ollie Connolly's there and Ollie Hunter's there, it's the most kind of divergent I, I love them both and i think they both know a lot about football but it's the most divergent between like over considered like uh analytical and a man who loves an overreaction and a big and a, and a big talking point and like just throws enthusiasm behind things i think it's going to be a lot of fun if we get those two on together so i'm here for it um, trying to get this, I'm trying to get the socials now. Uh, social producer at Gridiron on Twitter, um, yeah. at UK Gridiron on yeah. TikTok, um, at Gridiron UK on Instagram, and you're on TikTok as well, Will. And you met the Premier League trophy earlier on, so you, you're you're a very very busy man. I, I'm I'm on TikTok, but I don't post anything on TikTok. I am a voyeur and a voyeur only, but I do like all of our TikToks, so you know that there's that going on, mate. Top stuff as always. I love that Mike has given out all the socials, which means I don't need to remember it all. Thank you so much for listening and watching. Like, review, subscribe, do all that good stuff because it really does help more people find the show. This has been The Gridiron Show. 